1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Join more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com.
2: Peterson has said he's willing to move to safety going into free agency I was told the teams that were interested in him were interested in him purely as a corner now the Vikings have Harrison Smith we don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Harris he's a free agent his name has not come up at all this week that I've noticed but I think Patrick Peterson instantly comes in and becomes one of their best corners simply because they don't have many they have a need there I don't know how he's going to hold up but he's probably going to hold up better than their other options Shireen
1: yeah, Shireen. Yeah, take t- t- that, t- Shireen. What's your take on it, Shireen?
2: He's, he's such a Vikings fan. Florio, is, I, I feel like he, he I feel like gets Mike so frustrated. Florio, <laughs>
1: does he spend half of his show every day just breaking down the Vikings? I love it. <laughs> oh, oh, for I sure. It's great.
2: Oh, it's funny, but I mean, he gets frustrated too. And, and then you know, come on, Shireen, tell me what they're gonna do. <laughs>
1: come on, Rick. Come on, Mike. The, this is Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. <laughs> And the real Declan Goff is back in the house after freshman fifty. Declan Goff, the fake Declan AJ, did a great job filling in last week. I don't think um, I don't think it was a situation where like he took your starting job here in the in the eleven well, man defense, but he did a good job stepping up and he wasn't he wasn't Dakota Dozier. Let's right, just put it that way. So All right, you're Steve Hutchinson. But he wasn't Dakota Dodge.
0: I mean, he I think it was more like Matt Castle 11 and 5 situation, like he did what he was supposed to do. And there's maybe some bad luck against him, and he, some, for some reason, doesn't get in the postseason. But he's going to get paid uh-huh. and, and have a nice career
1: afterwards. Are you saying that Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily just, it's, it's, we produce system producers? Yeah. I think so. System you producers. Yeah. You just plug any producer in and they just thrive. They just go <laughs> 11 you and know, 5.
0: Alex Smith right here, you know, you just, just get, just let me check down. Let me check down. I won't make a mistake. I won't derail the show anymore, anymore. Keyword but I, I will, I
1: will do my job.
2: You lost me at he's going to get paid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does he not know what industry that, yeah. we're sitting in here?
2: <laughs> it was all great until then? That, then you lost yep. me.
1: So boys, we have a lot to get to on today's show here. Not only is it mock draft Monday, we're bringing mock draft Monday back to the mix. Uh, Riley reef signed for an oddly low amount of money and then made some comments that we're going to get to that are interesting. But the first thing we're going to do is help the Vikings fix the left side of their offensive line who is still available as the second week of free agency begins. We're going to go full meat and potatoes here oh, yeah. in just a second. After we say hello to our friends at Corona hard seltzer, I'm sure Declan probably got his jaws into a couple of seltzers this weekend. Uh, Corona hard seltzer style. So take it away, Declan.
0: boys. I have great news on Corona hard seltzer in the beautiful state that is North Carolina. So, The first trip out of the airport, we went to the liquor store, the bags were still in the car, first trip with my brother Liam and I were right to the liquor store. The first thing I see is not the first Corona hard seltzer variety pack, but the exclusive second that I have had trouble finding in Minnesota, the second Corona hard variety pack, which features even better flavors like pineapple, strawberry, raspberry, and passion fruit. Oh there is free. there is now four new speaking of new guards there are four new set of lines now to add to the Corona Hard Seltzer party my friends and it wow, was, it was damn good it was damn good so the pier beach vibes were in the deep of the heart of the south in beautiful Raleigh North Carolina This month and every month throughout the year discover Corona Hard Seltzer the only hard seltzer made with pier beach vibes with the refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime mango cherry and blackberry lime Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, ninety calories, and is gluten free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spike sparkling water with natural flavors, imported by
1: Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, injected into my veins. Oh, Actually, yeah. that might cause that might cause alcohol poisoning. Responsibly, responsibly yeah, injected. injected into my veins. <laughs> when we see Dakota <laughs> Like Doker, the COVID shot. Yeah, just I got I got the shot. Nope. That was actually Corona hard seltzer. No, no. (laughs) All right. So before I give you, I've got a list right now. Pro football focus has a list of the 100 best available free agents as of today. So (laughs) there's a bunch, a bunch of signed, you know, the, the, the top guards especially are off the board. Here's what's a little disturbing. So the Vikings already had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. It was better as a, as a run blocking unit. It was, it was, I want to say they were like 23rd in run blocking or something, according to PFF, but they've been bottom five in pass protection from actually for most of Rick Spielman's tenure as a front office executive here, but specifically during the Kirk cousins era, they've just been a bottom five pass blocking unit. And they're worse now than they were two weeks ago because Riley reef is gone and they've done nothing to replace uh, any holes on the offensive line. So we can sit here and talk about Ezra Cleveland, moving to guard or moving to left tackle, or Brian O'Neill moving over, but but wherever you shuffle the chairs, right now, one of the main chairs that you had is gone and you haven't replaced the chair yet. So I was I I was all excited. I clicked on this link this morning and I was like, all right, let's let us let us see where we're at with this thing. A hundred free agents available on this list. And I and I'm going down, I'm scrolling, all right, where's the first guard? Let's find the first guard. Right? And so I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling. <laughs> The first guard doesn't show up. Again, this is not the top 100 free agents at the starter free agency. This is the top 100 free agents now, mm-hmm. after they got picked over last week. The first guard, according to PFF, doesn't appear until 73rd on this list. And it's James Carpenter. Um, before I go through some of these other names here, just, Judd, your thoughts on the way that they've approached this now that you've had a weekend to sort of digest it, they have made their run defense a lot better. They have made their secondary, I think, better. And defensively, I think Mike Zimmer has enough tools to get that thing back up toward the top 10 and and have it no longer be the embarrassment that it was last year. So a lot of good things on defense, but glaring holes on the offensive line, which was already a problem last year. Where do you sit with this?
2: Well, one, I sit as not surprised one bit because this is like, if you had asked me to predict what Mike was going to try and get, I would have said he's going to try and get more defense. Uh, I probably wouldn't have predicted that he was going to get a nose tackle. Who's going to masquerade as a three technique, but I'm not shocked by that. I do think that they tried very hard to get a defensive end and weren't successful. Um, What I don't think they tried to do was immediately address the line. And in fact, they, they cut their left tackle to create more room to improve their defense. So I'm not surprised by what they did. That being said, I am I am always confused because I've always believed that a GM who I think, unless something has changed, who I think, at least at one point, had control of the 53-man roster— would make decisions that would help the coach for sure, but also would would be based on um, the 10,000-foot view of, yeah, we want to help the coach, but we also need to keep the roster as good as possible. The Vikings offensive line problems aren't new. They have been going on for a long time. They have tried to address some, but not all. Uh, But they have never, ever, since Spielman uh, became GM, and especially since Zim got here, they've never dove, headlong into the swimming pool to say, we need to address the offensive line this year. It's been a problem for too long. We've got a quarterback who needs help. We know these things. Um, The fans know it's not hard to figure out. And so as we're talking here about, um, you know what? They might sign Forrest Lamp. Okay. Who's probably way down that that list. If he's on it that you're (laughs) looking at. He's
1: very low on it. Okay.
2: They might yeah. sign Forrest Lamp, um, or they might draft a left tackle, or they might trade for Orlando Brown Jr., which might be a really good trade. But I guess my thought process now when it comes to the offensive line and the failure to improve it through the years is I'll believe it when I see it because this right now you have no left side of your line. The last time I checked, unless Kirk has morphed into a southpaw, that's his blind side. He is a right-handed quarterback. And I really won't believe that the Vikings are committed to improving this until I see what they're going to do. So, one, I'm not surprised. Uh, two, I think very much that this continues down the path of this is how people get fired.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I still think there are solutions on the board. And, and in terms of fixing the offensive line, there's trade options. There's Orlando Brown Jr. The, you know, th- those trade discussions have sort of been percolating for three weeks now. Um, there are still a handful of guards and we'll go through the names here in a second that are going to be better than what Dakota Dozier brought you last year. That bar is very low, but I, I don't think the Vikings should just be measured on how do you upgrade from the worst left guard in the entire NFL? Do you upgrade just slightly? Cool. We upgraded, right? No, I, I think, I think, I I think you need to put as many resources around Kirk cousins and the passing game as you possibly can if you want to go as far as you can possibly go in the playoffs, which is the goal for everyone. Um, yes. Fixing the defense was, was that I almost feel like they overcompensated on the defensive front a little bit. Um, I like the signings that they made, but they had limited resources and they still have the draft and a first round pick and a couple of third round picks. And so there's other things they can do too, but it kind of feels like, oh, my God, the defense was as bad as it's ever been under Mike Zimmer. And so let's literally spend the entire first week devoting all resources. Let's let's take away resources, take away a left tackle, and put all those resources into the defense, and then we'll worry about the offense later. My, and I've said this a million times on the show, my strategy wouldn't have been to ignore the defense by any means, but I would have been more aggressive taking the 11th best scoring offense and trying to make it top five. That's That's what my goal would have been. In free agency, I don't run an NFL front office. I'm just an idiot with a microphone. And so, like, you know, who, who am I to sit here? They still have solutions on the board. Let's bring up Forrest Lamp for a second because he was actually, like, very, very, very low on this list. I don't think he cracked the top 100 list here. I didn't see him on here, but he was he was ranked 250th among all free agents at the start of the exercise. Forrest Lamp is interesting. He's been connected to the Vikings. Uh, he's only 27 years old. He was a second-round pick out of Western Kentucky in 2017 and basically didn't play at all until 2009. He played no snaps in 2017. He played 17 snaps in 2018. And then he played 157 snaps in 2019. So 2020, when he played a full year for the first time, was really like his first experience in the NFL as a meaningful contributor and a starter. And he started all 16 games for the Chargers, the Chargers. It's hard to sit and say, well, he's a finished product. He's 27, but he's only played like one year to this point. Um, He was graded overall last year as one of the worst left guards in the league, mostly because of his terrible run blocking. So the question with Forrest Lamp, you could probably get him for cheap. Okay, The question would be, can he come into an established zone run blocking scheme and just get better by being associated with what, and the Vikings aren't amazing at run blocking, but they know what they want to do. They've got a system in place. Yeah. Um, can he get better by just being part of a pretty good run blocking system? That's the first question. The second question I think would be, is he just going to get better by having a second full season as a starter going into, I think his age 28 season. So I, th- I think there's room for growth there, but to say right away that forest lamp would be, An immediate fix at left guard, I think, is a mistake. I don't. I don't. I. I I think you're you're exercising some real wishful thinking by saying the signing of Forest Lamp is going to be a huge upgrade over what you had in Drew Samia and or Dakota Dozier at the guard spots last year. So that's the first one, Judd. This Forest Lamp stuff doesn't have me too excited.
2: Well, it shouldn't too, because so here's my question, and this is why I don't like the. We're all in to try and win now approach when you really aren't necessarily that good. My other question is this You're entering what I deem to be an absolutely vital year for Garrett Bradbury at center. He is a first round pick. I think he is right now sliding towards potential bust territory, but he's not there. But he is, you know, he's definitely not been, you made him a first round pick. Probably a bad choice, but you did it. Okay. Um, my left guard that I got would have been a guy who I looked at two pronged. One, damn good player. Two, are you going to help me improve my first round center who I want to save? Like I want to give him every possible chance to get confidence, to succeed. And I and I'm not just talking, well, he's athletic and can run block. I'm talking complete package. Like this is a franchise known for centers who have been really damn good, okay? Um, and if you Combine Bradbury with the guy to his left who you trusted and thought was a damn solid player, that gives you a good chance, right? But you're not going to do that again, Uh, which is why I don't, but I don't understand. And there's a second part to this that confuses me. And the more I think about it, the more confused I get. It's nobody's fault, but a year ago, you signed a big run stuffing nose tackle in Michael Pierce. three years, 27 mil. He was your major investment. He had to opt out, totally get that, but now he's coming back. And so you've got the investment like that alone should give you a huge leg up in stopping the run and Hunter. Yeah. But instead, but the point is like, let's say, let's say you looked at that a gap and said it was terrible, which it was, you've got Michael Pierce now who's going to start playing for you. I believe in 2021, right? So you didn't address left guard, which I I think is a two-pronged problem. And then you address nose tackle again, basically. And now Zim is going to have two huge men, and that might be great. But where was Rick to say, Mike, we got you Pierce. Like, this is going to help us stop the run a lot. Um, What we don't need to do is invest in a nose tackle who we're going to dress up as a 3 tech. When the left side of our line is empty. Like, think about the thought process and the machinations that it would take to get to the conclusion of we're going to essentially double up one position and the blind side of the quarterback right now will find a way.
1: Yeah. And and that's my, it is, yeah, it's not what I would have done. It's not, if you would have laid that plan out, like, you know, we talked about this after the season was over, like, why aren't you guys more fixated on the defense, because the defense is just going to get better with with Pearson Hunter coming back. You get Pearson Hunter back. It's going to be better. And Barr, if he's so good, Barr's coming back. Sure, and Kendrick's missed the whole last month of the season, and obviously the defense did not look at all uh, competent with him gone. So I think what we're finding out here is that now that free agent resources are dried up, now they can still restructure. They can clear some money. They can restructure Harrison Smith. They can restructure Daniil Hunter and give him – the contract that he deserves going forward, kicking in, let's say in two thousand twenty two. So there's ways to clear money. Obviously you could have tapped your quarterback, but I think that would have happened by this point um if they were going to do it, because the first wave of free agents would have been the group to like if you're gonna if you want a shot at Joe Thuney, then you would have taken from Kirk's contract a week ago and they didn't do that. I think the the big offensive line fixes, and again we'll get to the names here, but the big offensive line fixes to me are going to have to come either with your first round draft pick if you feel like there's somebody sitting there either at left tackle or if the if, if Vera Tucker, the USC kid, is sitting there, you feel like he can be a left guard solution, first-round pick. Or, and this is this is the one that has not been successful as much for the Vikings in the last 10 to 15 years, development from within. Is there somebody from within that can get better through coaching and development and experience? Could they try Oli Udo? like could you know is there another person they could try or is there someone that has failed to this point that they could develop i'm serious i, I mean like these are the these are the things that they have to consider because as i fly through these names all right james carpenter is the top guard available in free agency right now according to pro football focus he's the 73rd overall free agent of the guys remaining right now um the last two years for carpenter looked like a lot his uh, looked a lot like his first two in the league when he was on his way to being viewed as a first-round draft bust. He he has an overall PFF grade of just 45 last year and 56, which are both terrible, um, and hasn't had an above-average year in pass protection in three years. According to Pro Football Focus, they have a wins-above-replacement statistic, and he was below replacement level the last three years, meaning that, He's so he's better than Dozier, but, <laughs> but the of my dog's better than Dozier. He is still negative value to your football team. Yeah. Other ones available. Uh, John Miller, who played for the Carolina Panthers last year. And these are all like you're going to you can get these guys for a, a million, two million. Like you're not going to break the bank yeah. to get these guys. And again, the bar is very, very low to at least get better They're in the bargain at bed. that position. Yeah. So so John Miller, the last three years out of 80 eligible guards according to Pro Football Focus, is ranked 50th, 55th, and in 2018, he ranked 21st. Now, if you could get that guy, all right. Now, 50th and 55th, those are upgrades over Dakota Dozier, but this is sort of the bin that we're talking about here. Um, DJ Fluker, searching for his fifth team in six years, DJ Fluker's mammoth frame has seen him given several chances after the Chargers elected to move on following his rookie contract. his last couple of years have been average at best. He surrendered 30 total pressures in under 300 pass blocking snaps this past year in Baltimore. Austin Blythe is another name. I think he can play center and guard. He's been a name that's been bandied about, and uh, he was with the Rams la- the last three seasons. So he, I'll just read you this right up after performing well in 2018, um, then performing poorly in 2019, bouncing back a bit in 2020, at least in terms of his run blocking. He may have played his way into the uh, to the bench last year, but teams in real need of an answer at guard may give him a shot to compete for a starting job. So he's just kind of a like a borderline starter. And then Ben Garland is a guy in San Francisco who's played mostly center the last couple of years, but he played some right and left guard two or three years ago, viewed as more of like backup depth. But again, backup depth for most teams is starting caliber for the Vikings at left guard. And then Trey Turner, is one that has continued to pop up here too. His final season in Carolina saw his PFF grade slump into the 60s out of 100 before a disastrous mark of 34.8 last year that ranked 90th out of 92 qualifying guards. So yeah, you and I, looking for a bounce back there as well.
2: Yeah, and I get the impression just from what we're hearing through the grapevine that, and I guess I know why, they're actually more concerned about um, addressing left tackle than left guard but as far as trying to clear cap space, because right now they do not have the cap space to get a competent left tackle. Like they just don't, it can be created. It probably will be. Um, but the pro and the problem with, you know, I've seen this a lot already. They'll address left tackle in the first round. Okay. That's fine. But remember they draft 14th in the first round. If, I saw a mock draft over the weekend where Rashawn Slater, the Northwestern kid, was going now, I believe, like 10th to Dallas. So if that run starts and you think that you're going to address left tackle, which, by the way, you can't skimp at. Like, if you do, you're you're fired. So if you do that and that run starts there, you've got to go up. Like, you can't sit still. Like, you have to mortgage what you have to. If this is your thought process, um, I also would bring up, it's a very interesting Um subject that we didn't talk about a lot at the time because of all of the different storylines flying around back then. But, you know, in the draft last year, in what I think is very comparable to what we're looking at right now with the potential for Orlando Brown Jr. of Baltimore to be traded, keep in mind the Vikings made a offer and worked hard to get Trent Williams, who was holding out in Washington then, and basically forced his way to San Fran where he was outstanding. And for whatever reason, Trent really didn't want, want to come here. And that's an interesting one because Orlando Brown Jr., I believe, has at least five or six teams after him, and the Ravens are allowing him to negotiate the deal. So he's going to, obviously, Baltimore's going to demand fair compensation, but he's also going to probably try and gear this to where he wants to be. And you know what, Phil? If I'm an old lineman and I'm looking at the Vikings, and I look at the lack of commitment, because I mean, it's a five-person group. I mean, they're all incredibly important. You can't be like, I am a great guard, and I don't care about the the fact my teammates all stink. If I'm an O-lineman and I'm looking at how this team structures and sort of treats the mentality towards my position, I wouldn't blame people for saying, really? Like, there's some better teams that take more care of the position, that care more um and, and I will say as a first guess, the more you think about this, keep in mind you dedicated a good portion of your free agent cash to Dalvin Tomlinson, who might be a great player, but he is an interior D lineman when I think all of us thought if given a choice, that should go somewhere on the offensive line.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they've they've you know it's it's amazing in that, yeah, their defense is going to be back, and even though the the pieces are a little clunky and you don't know how good Patrick Peterson's going to be, I mean overall, like if your only goal was fix the defense and get what you can with with guys having the option to sign anywhere they want, mission accomplished. Their defense will one hundred percent, and take care of Danil. You got to take care of Danil, or some of the, if if Daniil gets weird and decides I don't want to play here anymore and and creates a a holdout situation then some of the other moves are going to just be moot points, right? But if your only goal was to fix the defense, I think it's mission accomplished. It's for sure going to be a top half of the league defense, and I think it has potential if the pieces work right and Mike Zimmer um, can still innovate defensively. I think it has a chance to be a top-five-ish defense if everything goes right and Cam Dantzler emerges into a number-one cornerback, et cetera. But unfortunately, I just think the driving force in today's NFL – if you want to win a championship, is your own passing game, number one. Look at the teams that win Super Bowls. They, and and our friend PFF Eric does studies on this all the time, chunking yards through the passing game against fellow good teams and in big moments, late in games, et cetera, that is, that is the single most important driving force for winning a championship. And while Kirk Cousins can do that, if – with the weapons that he has, if given the the time to sit back in the pocket, like it's hard to see right now how he's going to have time to sit back in the pocket. So yeah, like that's not to say that you running the ball, isn't important and stopping opposing teams. Like all those things are important. No one's saying that they're not important. Sometimes I think people misconstrue some of the discussions we have as being super black and white. Right. And, and really it's shades of gray. And what I'm saying is throwing the ball with efficiency offensively is the most important thing you can do to win a championship. And the Vikings seem to focus their attention in so many other areas with personnel and development and play calling and system, right? Um, and head coach even that it's getting it's getting hard to ignore when you go into free agency and you just flat out like don't care what the left side of your offensive line is for the first week. Now, other solutions from this point forward, like what could you do to fix your offensive line? Because that's this, that's this discussion, right? I think sign clear some room in free agency and sign somebody credible and better than Dakota Dozier to play left guard. Like that to me, that's step one step two. You could use your first round pick on a left tackle, whether you, whether you trade up or whether someone falls to 14 or whether you trade back, you could use your first round pick on a left tackle. You could, you could move Brian O'Neill to left tackle and use your first round pick on a right tackle or Ezra Cleveland play left. Like there's things you can do. I still think to to come out of this thing in 2 months from now feeling better about your offensive line than a year ago but it but it almost requires using your using whatever resources you have left draft and free agency if you can clear some more money exclusively on offensive line and I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to look at these limited resources and say oh well, we could so we could clear some cap space and we have a first round pick I think there's a good chance they devote one or both of those well, to defense.
2: I, oh, I think you're but right. In, in in fact, I I fully expect it if it's not Forrest Lamp, I fully expect the next guy that they sign is going it's to be safety. be safety Will Parks. I yeah. I, I think they're going to go and and cuz they can they can get right. Will Parks for sort of cheap. Um and don't be surprised if they make a pitch and I don't know if they'll get him, but I would not be surprised and this is them. Geno Atkins as as a third down defensive tackle. That's the no. thing is they're overcompensating. I understand mm-hmm. the interior of your line which in Zim's defense is very important. I understand it was terrible. But it's like we're almost forgetting Michael Pierce is coming now. Like Michael Pierce is going to help you out. And and if they had signed if they had had Pierce and signed Atkins then to play, you know, let's say 25 to 30 pass rush snaps per game. I get that. But, yeah, I will not be surprised if the next press release that we see or the next bit of breaking news from the Vikings as far as signing is Will Parks at safety. Um, So, yeah, I just I don't think that we should have a conversation that puts trust in the fact that they are going to take care of the line until we actually see living, breathing human beings who can compete on that side. (laughs) Like we have always had these conversations about they're going to get this guy or they should do that. And a lot of times, you know, it's like, oh no, I guess Dakota Dozier is going to start at left guard. And I went to training camp practices last year, thinking to myself, not really going to do this, are you? And it became abundantly clear they were going to, and they did it, and it was a disaster. And and that, yeah. but and, and that's where that's where I will side with the Kirk stands, and I will join their club, um, because I don't love Kirk, but I will tell you this: there are not a lot of quarterbacks in this league who can. I, I mean, look at. Patrick Mahomes Jr had a makeshift offensive line in the Super Bowl. And look at what happened.
1: Dude, it is it is That's not fair. If they wind up if they wind up with just like a scrap heap left guard and then they draft an edge rusher in the first round and they, let's say they let's say they elect to fix the rest of their offensive line with like a bargain bin signing and then like a third round pick. That is not fair to Kirk Cousins. I agree. It, I mean, it's like he would have every right to be furious and to even demand his own trade. I don't think it's going to happen now, like this season. But he would have his own right to say after the season, guys, I don't want to renegotiate this last year with you. I just want to go somewhere yeah, else. Yes, but it's almost like, that actually like values me. You know, it's it's <laughs>
2: almost right now like they're saying, okay, don't restructure. That's fine, Kirk. But here's what you rot, which is which it which I get in some ways. <laughs> But I mean, you don't think but, they're doing that. But no, no, no. Doing that? No, I don't. But what I'm saying is it comes off like that. Like he's at home, unless he knows, to your point from before, unless they've told him something different. He's at home right now looking at a depth chart that lacks people on the left side of the line. I don't think that they're doing it on purpose, but it comes off that way when we know, like his weaknesses are so apparent by now, his strengths are too. And you're still going to let him? I mean, you're going to what get to your chart the 77th free agent guard lift?
1: I'll tell you what I would love if and now this is wishful thinking. Almost every solution to the offensive line is involves some wishful thinking, unless you trade for Orlando Brown Jr. at this point. But I'm kind of curious about this Mitchell Schwartz yes. situation that Doogie brought up last week. The problem is he's coming off. Baxter's out yes he's in his early 30s and he's not going to be ready to sign until like May or June is what Doogie said I don't think you can get through the next two months and not know to some extent like what your offensive line is going to look like I would also be interested still in a trade with Baltimore for Brown if he plays left tackle and Brian O'Neill plays right tackle and then because I because I think he might be an upgrade over Riley Reef. I think you might it, for for less money. Now you'd have to give up like a first round pick swap or something. Less money for now, mm-hmm. and then next year, pay the piper and pay the piper on Brian O'Neill too, which I'm fine with. If you got if you got left tackle, right tackle, and a pass rusher, and those guys are all really good, I'm willing to pay those positions. So there are still some solutions out there that make a lot of sense. Um, but a lot of it's wishful thinking. Like Baltimore is going to have six other teams that want to trade for Orlando Brown Jr. Right. right? Mitchell, Mitchell Schwartz is going to be able to pick certain contenders that he would want to play with in the last few years of his career. So that's where free agency is tough and, and, um, and relying on trades is tough because if you get into a bit, of, if there's a guy who's a franchise, like a 25 year old left tackle out there, we sit here and say, well, it's a first round pick swap. Well, not if there's five teams involved. Now it's a straight up first round pick, Yep. No, which right. I would still probably give up if it, if it solved that problem you're right. real quick, uh, this, this left guard meat and potatoes speculation and discussion is powered by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. So Federated's a great combination. They're a Minnesota-based company. They help business owners and they support many of our local sports teams in the Twin Cities. Uh, they recently launched MyShield, the online client destination for risk management resources. They have resources to help give you peace of mind, to help you create risk management materials, uh, anything you can think of when it comes to protecting your business, Federated is here to help with. Go to federatedinsurance.com or click on My Shield on their website to find out more information, and uh, you can download the app as well. Federated—it's our business to protect yours. Also, we're giving away a hundred dollars a day on the Score North app. If you haven't downloaded the Score North app, it's the one-stop shop hub for all of our Score North shows, for Judd's articles, for push notifications, for breaking news. So every day, the rest of this week, as part of our Pick Your Prize month. One person who opens the Score North app every day will win $100, and that person will also be entered to win a $10,000 prize pack from one of our nine partners. Open the Score North app, register, enter, pick your prize contest through listener rewards. Our winner today is Nathaniel Talage from St. Paul, Minnesota. Boom, he gets 100 bucks, and he's entered to win the $10,000 pick your prize grand. Buy a
2: guard, Nathaniel. Buy a guard. <laughs> Do the smart thing. <laughs> Don't buy a defensive Pitch tackle.
1: Pitch into that signing bonus, Nathaniel. It's the right thing to do. Damn it! Speaking of draft, you guys want to hop into a little little mock draft Monday here?
2: A little, uh, little mock. Yeah, draft we didn't Monday. get to this last week, did we? No, we did
1: not. Well, yeah, we purposely said because of put the mock draft tampering Monday period. Off. Yeah, those were the days. So I've got I've got for you guys a three round mock oh, from I saw And, Declan, because I'm on a different computer, I don't know if I can zoom in much here. It's not a touchscreen. So, I don't know. We'll figure that out for next time. (laughs) It's fine. Okay. So, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, the first couple picks, Panay Sewell to the Dolphins. (laughs) Yeah, like that. Justin Fields to the 49ers. Is this involve trades? Yes.
2: So, the Falcons, in this one, the Falcons have made a trade to San Francisco and took Justin Fields.
1: And then that's, uh, ba- that's bad.
2: That's bad because that eliminates your 2022 Kirk option.
1: I see. Cause Sanford, San Francisco yeah, okay. taking
2: Justin Fields hurts you on that.
1: You know what though? Other teams might be like with only one year left on the dealer restructure, it might open up for other teams that might've balked at the contract going into this year, but you're right. That's the most Kirk friendly team. Uh, Trey Lance going to the Panthers, trading up to five with Cincinnati. So that's four quarterbacks in the first five picks, Mm -hmm. according to Pro Football Focus. Kyle Pitts to Philly, Jamar Chase to the Lions. Rashawn Slater is one that the Vikings are probably hoping falls uh, if they're looking to draft offensive line in the first round. Patriots trading up to nine to get Mac Jones. So that's five quarterbacks in the first nine picks. Cowboys... And the Giants taking a couple corners. We have a run on corners here. Falcons taking a corner. And then we go down to the Minnesota Vikings. Just missing out on Devontae Smith there, by the way. With the number 14 pick taking offensive tackle Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech. The write-up is it's unclear what the plan is with tackle-turned-guard Ezra Cleveland going forward. But adding offensive tackles is never a bad thing. Darisaw dominated a season ago, earning the highest grade in the power five. So if this is how we'll get to the, to the third round picks here in a second, but if they drafted Christian Darisaw, one of the best offensive tackles in the draft this year, what would your thoughts be?
2: I think it, it might be a must. Like my thought, my thoughts would, would be you basically had to at that point, right? Cause if you were going to move O'Neill to left tackle, you still need a right tackle. And with how defensive ends operate th- these days, you can't assume that the left end is going to be some slug who just stops the run. So yeah, I think you have to now scroll up a little bit. Where do the uh, top defensive ends go? Cause that's what, if a top defensive end is available at 14, you know, it's going to happen. You yeah, know, none it. have to
1: come off the board. To yeah. This point, and right? you know, so who's
2: he- going to be, Oh, there it is. Edge rusher going into 18 to the dolphins. I'm just saying, the head coach gonna be uh, saying, eh, you know what? I could really use a guy to pair with my buddy Daniil Hunter."
1: Look at somebody like got Oh Quitty, Quitty Pay, Quitty falling. falling to
2: twenty-three. There could be yeah. some yelling in that draft room <laughs> in Egan. Very
1: interesting. Just throwing it out there. Throwing so Darius Darisaw, there's a million things you could you could you could move Brian. I need left tackle. Darisaw plays right tackle next to Ezra Cleveland. Um, so there's things you could do there. I would not have a problem with drafting an offensive tackle at all. Really, any year, just like pick yeah, no, your offensive like, line, right? Absolutely. Right, so we'll go down. We're going to scroll past round two here into round three <laughs> where the Vikings because they don't have a pick until they get to 78. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here, but uh, with the 78th overall pick, Pro Football Focus has Washington interior defensive lineman Levi on Wuzurike. I think that's I good. Like I
2: think now. that's very close. I think that's accurate. Very right. nice. Oh so good, trenches, an interior D-lineman.
1: Good. Trenches. Gotta fill that need And then with the ninetieth overall pick, Get eight of them. taking another interior offensive lineman, Wyatt Davis from Ohio State. So trenches, trenches, trenches with these first three picks in the draft. I got nothing. I got nothing to this point. Well, you don't want to fix the trenches? What are you what are you mad about? They just fixed the trenches. They just they I keep, like this draft. They keep this is what they should. Well, do. I like
2: the first round pick. But weren't the last two interior defensive
1: lineman no no, no the the, thir- the second third round pick was interior offensive line oh all
2: right well that's fine if he's good but i'm just saying <laughs> that in- is that the
1: case with every pick the interior <laughs> yeah
2: it is the interior defensive line fixing i think you've done it i think you're fine now all right who, who's going to be so who is going to be at this point in time since they clearly targeted this early in free agency and didn't fill it who is going to be the right defensive end? I think Weatherly's a rotational backup. I mean, I think he's I think he's good at that role. I don't know you can ask him to be a starter and expect him to be successful.
1: DJ Wanham? Maybe. Showed some flashes. They could also just, like, literally have it be up. If they feel that good about the other three spots on their defensive line, then they could, you know, I'm sure they'll draft somebody in well, the first three picks, and then they'll have just a pool of younger guys that's going to compete for
2: it. Yeah. The good thing is, Gunther's defense... With uh, Vegas was outstanding, so good he got fired in season. So I'm sure Paul Gunther is going to have a big say in what the Vikings do defensively.
1: Also, uh, wasn't wasn't what's his name? Oh my God, Uh, the longtime uh, pack. Don Capers Capers was was a one and done advisor. He was here last year, advisor. Yeah, he was was, here just to sabotage, wasn't he? You know what
2: we all thought? (laughs) I honest to God thought, man, he's going to get his hands on Sim and he's going to have an Anthony Barr. He's going to have ideas. I promise. This year, before the season starts, I will never once mention in the same sentence Anthony Barr and Sachs. All right, I'm done doing it.
1: Right, In fact, you're if there, I do you're it, not, find me. I'm done ne- pleading for them to use him with his or like speculate or like
2: speculating. Hey, this might be the year that he gets. Because you could say, you know, with, with these with these big guys interior D line that he's going to have a lot of room to roam. Right, it's going to free up space yeah. for Anthony. I'm done with that one.
1: Let me ask you this. Would you rather have had Dalvin Tomlinson for I don't have his cap it in front of me. I think his cap it's around like seven million or something for this year. It's a two year contract. Um, would you rather have Dalvin Tomlinson as a second interior run stuffer or Riley Reef for the same contract he signed in Cincinnati? Oh, Riley Reef. Seven seven and a half million dollars on a one year R- deal with a voidable second Riley year. Riley Reef is a really cap it.
2: Riley Reef, he had a really good year.
1: Dude, he the, was so not bank, your problem. The Bengals got Riley Reef on a one. Here's what it is. It's a one year contract yep. with a second year voidable yeah. seven and a half. So they're going to pay him. I think it's I think they're going to pay him like four and a half million to the cap this year for an above average left tackle. And then they're going to pay him like two point eight or three in dead money. And he's moving
2: to right tackle the next year. He's going to move. Yeah, he mm-hmm. agreed to move. He loves Joe Burrow that much. Joe Burrow's but his guy. You,
1: don't you think the Vikings probably, in some sort of a restructured discussion, don't you think they probably offered him something yes. that was going to be even more punishing to their own cap than $4.5 in 2021? Absolutely. And he said no. Yes. He said no to go play for a, a non-contender.
2: Because they screwed him. Like the Ngakwe trade, That that's the fallout that we don't think about from the Ngakwe trade. You literally called him in and screwed him. And gave him no option. You can be cut. Oh, good. I'm going to go. Go. It's a week before the season starts. He said. And then, and then, as the person in uh, the tweet or email that they sent us last week points out, at the end of the season, you gave him the million bucks that he would have gotten the the extra mil by playing in that last game at Detroit as like a goodwill gesture. It goes on your 2021 cap, and you thought to yourself. This will fix
1: it. <laughs> no, now you just have now you have a million dollars flushed on the toilet for no yes! reason. You never should have rewarded
2: him. Once God, you screw, no. once you screwed him completely, you're done. Anyway. Yeah.
1: So, by the way, the running tally we're keeping track of all the mock drafts uh-huh. we do on this show. We're not doing like the universe of mock drafts, but on the on the mock drafts we do on this show, as mock draft Monday and midweek mock. So far, Elijah Vera Tucker, the interior offensive lineman. He can actually pretty much play everything but center, it sounds like, from USC. And Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama, are the ones that pop up the most each four times. Quitty Pay twice, and then all kinds of other guys have popped up once, including Christian Derrissaw today. So, listen, if you guys have ideas out there, if you're a listener or if you're viewing our YouTube channel, first of all, on the YouTube front, click the subscribe button and hit the bell notification or the bell button for uh, notifications and uh, give us a five-star review and a positive rating on, on Apple if you could, too. It helps spread the word about the show. But if you have ideas about how they can go about now in this second week and the draft and or trades, fixing their offensive line in the best way, throw them in the comment section, and uh, and we'll read them and, and bring those ideas up on the show as well. So this is a week of solutions, not complaining, until the week is over. And if they haven't fixed anything after the week, then this is for me only. I'm, so, I'm not going to speak for Judd. For me, it's a week of solutions. Still, there's still solutions out there. If you get through this week, and and some of those solutions are off the board or have been traded, okay. Now we're going to have more of an adult conversation (laughs) early next week. That's where I'm at with this right now. I think Judge just in the head head exploded a week ago. uh, Space just on the offensive
2: line, which is I guess important. Look, they're going to sign Parks. Okay, they're going to sign a safety. They're going to get a veteran safety. Don't worry about it. It'll all be fine. This will be the greatest defense
0: since the steel curtain i'm kind of in like the stepfather phase where like whatever the mom says to do like i'm just gonna go along with it like i I don't really have much say and it's that's fine with me like i really (laughs) don't care just leave me out of the big decisions and i'll just hopefully be okay with what you decide to do
2: wait till the season starts you'll care
1: i'll care then but right now you'll care
2: you'll care at that time yeah it's
1: on to the twins yeah All right, that's a wrap on today's episode of Purple Daily from the TCL Studios. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you guys tomorrow.